0: podcast you are currently listening to is called bad play style in which we all play the same video game and then talk about it during the course of which we will swear a ton and probably spoil every single aspect of the video game Okay, so welcome to Bad Playstyle, Pathless Edition. We have in the virtual building our friend and um, theme song producer, uh, Ben. Say hi, Ben. Howdy. Back again. Um, And then uh, my name, as always, is Matt. Doesn't change. Uh, And with me, uh, as with every other episode we've ever done are my good friends Keenan and Owen. Say something, Keenan. Hi. And then say something, Owen.
1: Is he trying to imply that the rest of our
2: names change? Uh, I was going to say, like, maybe I need a surprise name change next episode.
0: Well, we did used to change your name frequently because of your uh, your inability to, I don't know... Uh, uh, beat us at beating these games yeah. I, I don't remember Shame exactly boy first of his name yes yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's what i was harkening back to okay. uh unconsciously that was not um a design choice i just speak weird i don't know what in, you're our, talking in about. our
2: more experimental phase of our yeah. show
0: um so this is episode 80 i believe mm-hmm. yeah. so special things are going to happen near the end of this episode and i believe that is like one of the primary reasons that ben signed up for this episode damn uh, right <laughs> the other the other one being that uh we played the the pathless uh at the behest of um keenan i picked it he did pick it but we can't talk about that now we can never talk about that, <laughs> now. Talk about that first we, now we have to talk about other things uh, and we have a special guest so we're gonna start with you ben what have you been playing so for the
3: start uh mario 3d world um Owen and I have been playing that a little bit online. Uh, I've been playing it with some oh, yeah. friends locally. Yeah, it's a it's a great time. Um, definitely test your patience in the same way a game like Overcooked does. But I think it's cool to play like a semi fresh Mario game. Doesn't really feel a lot like the other like 3D console games for Mario that I've played.
1: There's a thing <clears throat> a thing they do in it that I think is really uh, really genius. Um, I it's it's really that le- Nintendo level polish where The button to run, you press and hold it, and the button to pick up your teammate and throw them off a cliff is that same button but pressed only for a second. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so you just do it a lot by accident, and it makes you want to murder your friends. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Shiggy. Mm -hmm.
2: Top-notch game design. (laughs) Yep.
0: Well, you know, they learned from Ocarina of Time that they could uh, double up on input functionality, and uh, ever since then, it's been... A pretty hit or miss implementation. Uh, Yeah, I've heard from people that Mario 3D World is like a remix of all the best ideas from all the various different 3D Mario games. It's like uh, it's like a kind of a greatest hits of like game mechanics or like level mechanics. Is that do you find that true at all, or is that am I completely misinformed?
3: No, I mean I think so because you know it's. It really like the depth of the game, like in terms of uh, the camera angles and whatnot is really something else, because at times it really looks like a 2D game, you know, just like all the classics. And then at other times, I mean, you're collecting stars and, you know, you've got your like mini games that can be really hard, uh, just like pretty much anything that's come out since Mario 64. Um, But then there's new I I think that's where Cat Mario first showed up, if I'm not mistaken. So that kind of adds a new twist to the gameplay.
1: Yeah, I believe that's right. Well
0: Cat Mario the Flash game.
1: <laughs> okay, we mean Cat Mario <laughs> the Cyabon action. <laughs> the yellow the
0: yellow suited Cat Mario. Right. Wait, oh, and you beat Cat Mario, right? I sure have. Okay.
1: <laughs> <God damn.
0: laughs> do do you want to briefly describe Cat Mario or do you do you want to move on? <laughs> um Cat
1: is like this weird little fan game. Um it's it takes in yeah. the first level from the original Super Mario Brothers at least the layout of it and it takes everything you every bit of institutional knowledge that you would bring to bear in a Mario game and like really exploits your tendencies to like act on that and, and like act against you so like in the first mm-hmm. level of Super Mario Brothers there's an invisible block and if you hit it a one up comes out and everyone knows about this it's like in like the first third of the level right before a big jump. And in Cat Mario, if you hit that block, a poison mushroom comes out, and then a second later, another poison mushroom comes out, and another, and another. <laughs> and there's no way to jump over them, um, that the invisible block is high enough, you can't get on top of it, so there's just a fountain of instant kills, and so you have to kill yourself.
2: Yeah, Cat Mario is a game where all of your previous Mario expectations are in fact a trap.
0: Yeah, it's like a yeah. it's like a Mario Maker troll level, like ten years before Mario Maker yeah. was even a, was even yeah. an idea. Or,
1: my my favorite thing is like like that one is like using the mechanics and and things from a Mario game as they exist in a Mario game in a normal way. There's some that are like really really rude. <laughs> like there's one where like the first pipe you can go down on the first level. If you go down that pipe you go down the pipe and then a second later it just shoots you up into the sky and then you're dead (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there's another one where um, you go down a pipe and it takes you up to like a a little cloud sub-level and you can collect some coins it's like wow this is really nice like okay maybe this game's not so bad after all and then you take the exit pipe out of that zone and the exit pipe dumps you back onto the level except that the clouds that are in the background when you come into contact with one of them it just kills you and the cloud has an evil face when it kills you (laughs) And the clouds aren't enemies normally. They're, like, not interactable in Mario Brothers. Um, and your, your character is a little cat. Um, and it the game features, like, music from other video games that are almost certainly being used illegally. Like, from the Chester Cheetah Cheetos-branded NES game gotta, and stuff uh, like that. got love
0: Flash games for that. Just the total disregard for all laws. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a really sick piece of software. Um,
0: <laughs> I think I remember there was like a downloadable version of it as well, so it might even be a thing yeah. that people can still experience. No, yeah,
1: yeah. It, so it it got popularity like ten or fifteen years ago because there was like a Let's Player who did a Let's Play of it who was very charming, and he had a link in the video, and so you could download the game. and It's brutally hard, but you can't run out of lives and lose. If you hit zero lives, you just keep losing lives. Yeah, so yeah. You can it it does like negative, negative lives,
0: less, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you can just keep going and keep going and keep going. And it does keep your progress through the like four levels of that game. And um so what I ended up doing is downloading it and playing it and you know, it drove me insane. And so I um I went into the game files and deleted the game's music so that um anytime I got tired of playing the game I would just minimize it and do something else, and then like later that day or the next day I would just unminimize it and it would still be there waiting for me. Oh nice. Um, and play it because it, if you close the program,
0: it doesn't save your progress right because it's just like a little, yeah, it doesn't have that functionality Ben did you are you, have you played anything else recently? Oh
3: yeah, sorry, um, so Owen told me that he wouldn't spoil this, but uh hotline Miami, which I understand that you're a big fan of too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm a huge fan yeah i I
0: legitimately like that game oh yeah that's that's what i told him like no i I think it's fucking awesome
3: yeah i I just something
0: about the way something about the way ben talks i can never tell if he's fucking with me okay so so
3: so disclosure right now for this whole episode i won't say anything jokingly it's all serious so uh, I, f- I finished Hotline Miami 1, like, um... See, this is
0: what I'm fucking talking...
3: Okay. <laughs> Fuck, I'm, I'm being serious, Matt. I can't win here. I, I can't tell. I can't tell. <laughs> All right, so, um, I finished the first game, like, a week ago. Um, I still haven't finished that very, like, last bonus level where you're just, like, I-, I think you're, like, running into a casino and there's, like, 300 people. Not literally, but, um, I just kept getting killed in that one. So I started the second game and then haven't played it much yet. But, um, yeah, no, Hotline Miami's awesome uh music's cool. I like the uh the old school g t a style graphics, and then it's really fucking hard, but you know it gives you that good feeling when you beat a level,
0: yeah well, the thing I like about it is that it's hard but it's imminently masterable because the level reacts the same way every time yeah yeah right yeah that's the thing that makes it fucking playable in the first place right is that you have infinite tries to do this like next to impossible thing.
3: Well, and, you know? yeah, and the fact that you get a checkpoint every time you clear a floor really makes it easy. Or not easy, right. but certainly easier. Yeah.
0: Like, it's palatable, I guess, is the word that I would use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if, if it was, like, uh, was it Ghosts and Goblins, where it sends you back to the beginning of a fucking level if you get hit twice? Like, yeah, yeah. fuck that, man. No yeah. Yeah. yeah, it becomes too much of, like... Oh,
1: that's funny you bring up Ghosts and Goblins, because one of the songs from that game is in Cat Mario. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All
3: right. Um... I just started Spelunky too, based on uh, t- talking to Owen and kind of hearing Fuck him. Yeah. Sp- Spelunky
0: that. the second or Spelunky as
3: well? I started Spunky HD, so the first game. Um, okay. Yeah, so given that one a Do whirl- you know about the ABC rule? I don't. No. Tell me about it. Always
2: be carrying.
1: Ah. Always. Carry like a rock or a pot Always or a dead be body. Oh, okay. Got to keep that Say- thing on you. So you have something to drop through arrow traps or throw at a bat that's hanging on a ceiling. Oh my, my god. god!
3: Yeah, because I've been getting killed a lot. I've only been playing the game for about a day right now. But um, what you've been getting killed a lot in Spelunky? Yeah, yeah. that's wild, I man. No, know, I know <laughs> who, who
1: would have thought. Yeah, <laughs> um, Ben, remind me later. I'll show you some clips from some dumb shit that's happened to me in Spelunky too. Awesome. Yeah, he's got awesome. some bangers.
3: <laughs> um, and I think the only other game I, I've been playing kind of grindstone a little bit just in my my leisure time just. Um, it's kind of a fun one, just a quick, like little puzzle game on the switch. So kind of like, um, I guess it's kind of like bejeweled meets, I-, I keep telling people it's kind of like final fantasy tactics, but it's really not, but you just, <laughs> you, you know, I don't know if you guys, why would know... you
0: lie to people like that? <laughs>
3: well, cause cause it's like the one game that I can kind of think of that's sort of like it where you're moving around and you strategically want to end your turn on one space. So like in okay. that regard, it's kind of like final fantasy tactics, but you don't level up or anything. Else, like Final Fantasy Tactics,
1: Ben. If I had never heard of Grindstone and I was like, Ben, what's Grindstone? Tell me about Grindstone. You're like, Oh yeah, it's like Final Fantasy Tactics, and I played it. Like I'd be fucking mad at you. <laughs>
3: well, thankfully,
0: most of the people that I've been telling this to would never play Grindstone anyway. So this is this <laughs> is a like uh, the, a new like anime Pacific Rim thing. I saw it on uh, Netflix, and Netflix was like, it was like dark, explosive cyberpunk and i'm like <laughs> pacific rim isn't cyberpunk even a little no no it's
2: like how it's like how when lincoln park was forced by myspace to pick a musical genre they were like fuck you we're industrial space rock that's
3: good
1: that's fitting. yeah, yeah. Nef- netflix genre categories are especially stupid and worthless though like l- like let's set aside the cyberpunk thing for a second like, who the fuck goes around saying, like, yeah, my favorite type of movies are dark explosive movies? <laughs> like, or, or, like, sits down at their TV and it's like, ah oh, what kind of dark explosive movies are available to me this evening? so Ah, the Pacific Rim anime. So I, was
0: at, I was at work the other day, and one of the things we do when we're outside is we have this, like, uh, you know, ruggedized giant Bluetooth speaker, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And the kids will request music from me to play off my phone. And this kid goes, I want you to play this song. It's by Nightcore. And I'm like, I don't think that that's the band name. Like, I know nothing about this, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not the band name. Um, and I look it up, and I'm like, there's no Nightcore anywhere. There's Nightcore playlists, but there's no there's no tracks that say... I'll say like, isn't Nightcore a genre? <laughs> Nightcore is a genre. Nightcore is a genre of... Uh, uh, it's not tempo. It's uh, up-pitched anime themes. Um okay yeah and so she was just like i want you to play these and i was like this is what you listen to fuck uh, uh i'll just put on more justice um <laughs> right. i think that's the responsible adult yeah, decision, and it's like the, the the kids know that i'm i'm like honest with them uh as much as possible so they're like she came up to me the next day she's like hey can you play that song again and i was like no And she was like, what? Why? And I was like, because I don't want to. Because I don't want to. Because I don't want to hear it again. I'm sorry. This is is freaking fucking good, kid. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you know, you you can listen to that. But I'm not going to make anyone else do that. I I Um, really like because I don't want
2: to as a reason you're giving to children. Because it's like (laughs) It's really honest, um, but it's but also extremely like, petty yeah, it's extremely petty, and it's also like nah, I have the agency here, right? Like <laughs> like you're very it's it's like a it's a really
0: like honest direct flex on the situation uh, in a it's, way. I and mean it's too. a it's a direct quote from Chris Christie. All right, um, anyone, <laughs> yeah. else, uh, anyone else? Anyone uh, else played anything lately that they want to talk about? Keenan, uh, sure. Oh? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I got. I've been playing um, an up-and-coming game that is sort of riding the end of the Battle Royale craze. I've been playing a little game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Ah,
2: yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this this, this is a game, long-time listeners will recognize, this is a game I've been very passionate about for a very, very, very long time. And I've fallen off playing it multiple times, and it's been really hard to get back on the horse playing it. And I convinced... uh, uh, friend of the show, Jeff and Keenan here to play it with me the other night, and they've done a lot to make that game actually like a lot more palatable these days.
2: Yeah, I might put another eleven 1, hundred and fifty-eight hours into it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: they. I might get that last chivo I'm missing.
1: W- what's the one you're missing? Is it from... gotta drive by I got a drive bys. Kills from a moving vehicle. Yeah, we just don't do that much no, anymore. We're...
0: Can you, you gotta um, be the last PUBG streamer on uh, Twitch. <laughs> I'll turn the light off. The last PUBG. one,
1: yeah. The, the thing is, there's like a ton of them. They just don't live in America. Yeah, right?
0: I know. I know. The last. Yo, bots English... are wild in that game. <laughs> the last, yeah. the last native English speaker. Anyway, yeah, I want to hear about bots.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they they added bots to the game, which sounds really bad. Um, that sounds like a death knell for the game, but. The, the, the catch with the bots is that they're only in the game on unranked mode. Um, so they're there for you to kind of find your feet again. Um, and the bots... and the, the games in unranked are not 100% bots. The games are, like, anywhere between 10 and 80 bots, depending on how many people queued up with you. Um, so, like, when we were playing... Like, we ran into a bunch of bots each game, but then we were... More or less guaranteed by the end of every match to have run into at least some people. The way it
2: like ends up like filtering is that the last twenty or so people are probably real people.
0: Well, and the, the way yeah. I put it to Owen is that these bots are—they um, are target practice, they are uh, rust removers, and they are uh, loot siphons to yes. bring them to actual humans. Yeah.
1: Well, and the, I was thinking about it too. It's like. So, like, when we played the other night, like, we got a chicken dinner, and we got in three or four engagements with other squads, but only the two at the end of the game were with people. And this is... The bots are there, of course, to remedy the fact that there's not as many people playing in Unranked. Um, And if those bots weren't there, we would have had the same game, except we would have done nothing for the first, like, 25 minutes of the game. Like, we wouldn't have interacted with any other players. And so they also just... Keep the game from being dry and boring when there's not a ton of people to put in that list. And I'm, I'm sure that if there were enough people queuing up for unranked games, it would give us full games of people. Like, I'm sure the bots are, are uh, uh, like a, a a sort of fix for that or a stopgap for not having enough players. The thing you're
0: describing is a huge problem for a lot of battle royales where you spend 25 minutes looting and uh, bivouacking and uh, reconnoitering and then get sniped. Yeah, you know, the other thing is, is like,
2: I feel like some of the bots actually just pop in with gear on. Yeah, like mid match, which means that, like, they may be an agent of that sort of game design philosophy of like, don't let 90 seconds happen without anything happening.
1: Right. Like, yeah, but because it's PUBG, it's more like 10 minutes.
2: Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, Also, do we want to talk about our uh, (laughs) our incident
1: with? PUBG? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, so, so here's the thing: is like, so the bots are bad. They are bad at the game, and so like after like a couple matches of us playing our, our like first games with bots, we started like getting like a little casual about it. I was like, you know what? Like these bots suck dick. Like, look at that guy, he just stood around and let me shoot him, or, like, that guy got the drop on me, and he I still killed him, and so we're, like, starting a new game, and we parachute into a town, and we're, like, looting, and we figure out that there's another squad there, and it's like, oh my god, look at this guy, he's moving like an idiot, I bet he's a bot, and, like, I kill one, Keenan kills another, and we're like, yeah, man, these bots suck ass, and Keenan walks into the room where he fucking murked one of the bots, and the bot over voice chat called him a racial slur. Yep. Um... <laughs> So not a bot, just someone who sucks ass at the game. And we go look
2: up his stats and he's played 10 games and has a below 1 KDA and is terrible. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, I wonder if this is his second PUBG account. Yeah. Um, The thing that really killed me about this instance is that, like, you know how in a shooter game you'll see someone and then you'll be like, okay, I'm going to line up the shot. And, and, like, you know you gave them too much time if they were paying attention. Like, you have mm-hmm. that feeling where it's like, Okay, we crossed the second and a half mark of me looking at him and not shooting him, and I should be dead. Um, And I definitely went, like, past that <laughs> yeah, by, like, well, the- a considerable the- distance, and then shot him right in the face because we were staring at each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, the-, the guy I shot, too, is the same thing, where you I-, I totally ga- showed him my whole ass because I'm so rusty at this game, <laughs> and I still fucking got him. <laughs> Yeah. Like like after after that match, you know, like twenty minutes later, like when we died to like a a different enemy squad or whatever, um, Keenan and I went into the replay viewer just to like clown on this guy and like look at th- like the firefight from their side. He
2: played like a bot. Like
1: it, yeah. He like it's crept around
2: crouching everywhere. Like like in, in Hunt Showdown, the other game I play too much, um, in the community we have a term for newbies. We call them crouch walkers. And we call them that because they're so shit scared of making any noise that they just quietly creep around everywhere. And this results in situations where you see a dude walking down the middle of a road crouch walking, and you just shoot him in the face because it's easy. <laughs> um, and, and, like, this guy was legit a PUBG crouch walker. Like that's He was so shit scared of making noise with his Uzi with minimal ammo that, like, when I shot him in the face, his only recourse was to drop an N-bomb on me. Um...
1: Mm-hmm. Which
2: was wild. Uh, Which
1: I, I floated to Keenan, like, how many times do you think he's done that to a bot? Like, gotten killed by a bot yeah. and then, like, lashed out over his microphone.
2: And the bot like, is like, I, I would can't love even to deal see with that. You. I would love to
1: see the clips. Yeah. So I might have of a PUBG, him, like, baby rage
2: clip, uh, clip show coming. We'll see.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'll dig up that replay. I'll put a clip in the show notes uh, of. of <laughs> this guy's dog-ass play and my dog-ass play too because i like i gave him every opportunity to shoot me and it sounds like keenan did the same
2: yeah i i should have been dead um is that are you are you done with what you're playing is there more yeah i think i am okay um yeah i've been playing a lot of hunt i've been playing some final fantasy 14 because that game's still cool but the one I want to talk about for a second is that Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint is still a weird game, and my friend convinced me to play it with him.
0: Uh, That's the one with the, like, simultaneous shots, right?
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah. That's
0: its big gimmick.
2: The whole gimmick is that um, they decided not to anger Bolivia this time,
0: and they went to a fake Southeast Asian country. Isn't the the main villain in that game, like... uh got a big face tattoo of a cross uh that's that's the that's the one before it in bolivia um, oh, okay right. that dude is just
2: absolutely a mexican wrestler archetype and i love it um no the villains in he's ru- he's rudo for sure um, yeah. <laughs> the villains in breakpoint are a tech billionaire who wants to uh fix the world with drones and software and okay. the private military guy he hired, who, surprise, takes over the island, uh, <laughs> played by John Bernthal, who's just an absolute piece of shit private military contractor in all the worst ways. Um, and as a result, like you get to be the good guy in the face of that, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the game where uh, one of the factions you help are the homesteaders, and they're the remnants of the american people who used to live on the military base that's no longer on this island who live here now it's got a lot going on in it that's really bad but it's like loop is okay in a gameplay perspective sort of way um and they they put in a new mode where it doesn't Ubisoft have to be game, a right yes they put in a new mode where it doesn't have to be a loot shooter and the more fascinating change that i wanted to talk about is all of the difficulty settings are entirely client-side. So I can play the game super hardcore mode, and you can play the game, you know, what the developers would make fun of you and call you a baby mode, and we can play the game together and enjoy our experiences because all of those settings well, that's neat. are entirely on my side and your side, how you have chosen them, um, which is really fascinating. Because uh, I could be playing super hardcore realism mode, and you guys could be playing, like, I don't fucking care mode. And we could all just jump in and play a loot shooter together. And I think that's a really interesting idea. Um, even if this entire setting and and its visuals and et cetera are incredibly boring tactical core. Uh, <laughs> so I, I well, wanted to mention that. Also,
0: like, uh, uh, a vehicle for, like... Sneaking fascist ideology into young men and women playing these games. Uh huh. -huh. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah.
2: You gotta be resistant to the bullshit your video games are throwing at you. Like everybody
0: remembers when when BLM was the bad guys in Ubisoft's mobile game, right?
1: (laughs) Yup. Not not just the bad guys, they were a part of a far reaching global conspiracy.
0: Yeah, they got that Soros money. Um,. (laughs) Anyway, you good, Kenan?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah,
0: I highly suggest no one ever purchase an Ubisoft game ever again. But uh, you know that's that's just me. The um, other game
2: I would play, we're going to talk extensively about next show. So, or I talk, I played. We're going to talk about a lot next show. So it's not a big what, deal.
0: What's the that? What's that game?
2: Uh, I mean, we'll announce it at the end of the show.
0: Okay. Oh, it's, is it? Is it? <laughs> is it it's Owen's pick or is it my pick or who's pick it's is Owen's it pick. it's my pick okay. next. all right um okay so yeah i uh I, I i played some hitman but it's not really worth talking about uh there's that game is it's still hitman right it's it does what it do um uh but what i did was i i reached i it's been long enough that i can play the dead fire again without it being boring Hmm. Um, so Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire released, like, a while ago a beta for, like, a turn-based mode, and boy, does that really revitalize that game, uh, for me. Um,
2: getting to play it sort of classically?
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's, like, um, it's very interesting, Where it's like, before I felt like I was just sort of, like, mashing buttons and hoping for the best, and then would it, I would usually win, because... That's how the game is balanced. But now I actually feel like I'm using my abilities intelligently um, and planning ahead. And I understand what the enemies are capable of more than just this enemy is scary because it's capable of charming my guys. Right. Um, And It's just like slowing that game down to that level. It also really changes up the balance a lot. Uh, Because whereas before in the, like, real time with pause, it was very important that you go as quickly as possible. And so stuff like daggers are super viable because you can wear light armor and use daggers and just attack a shitload. And if you're something like a barbarian, where when you're raging, you're hitting everybody near you, um, that can be really cool, right? But in this, it really skews the balance more towards just heavier and slower and more ponderous so stuff like uh standing in the back with a rifle like uh, uh, one of the npcs one of the companions you can get is uh uh, kana's sister maya maya anui Um, and she stands in the back and has a hawk and a rifle and that's like her whole thing and in the real time with pause it's very slow and it's very ponderous and it's hard to like aim it properly but in this one you you actually feel it you feel the sniper play style. you're like picking off targets in vulnerable windows you're picking off priority targets you're applying statuses uh smartly it, it just it i don't know it feels better everything takes longer but it's more fun um, well and like
2: being able to experience more of the granularity via that difference
0: yeah it's a cool. little it's a little repetitive because like the the builds and pillars are made to be done sort of like over and over and over and have like an optimal move set but mm-hmm. it's still i don't know i'm still finding it satisfying so i'm having a lot of fun with that um
1: do you think you'll be able to play out the whole game or what do you think the repetitiveness will kind of wear after a while well,
0: I, I don't think the repetitiveness will wear because i really get off on how effective i am being um, so
2: you just get a constant drip of that right and
0: like, and it's also it's um like because it's not it's it's like the ability rotations themselves are uh repetitive but w- how i'm applying them is not right so it's like you know uh pelagina should always do this rotation of abilities on turn one but then where should i send pelagina and who should she hit right that that's a yeah. more interesting question that requires more where do i need
2: to apply this particular rotation exactly yeah. Um,
0: and then the, there were like, I played dead fire, like right when it came out. So there's all sorts of free DLC and paid DLC that I bought. Cause I bought the season pass that I never played. Um, and so my goal is to get to like level 13, 14, and then go do those DLC. Um, and then I never, I only completed the main faction quest line. Once I went the decolonize route, um, and that was it. I never did that. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a really cool setting, too. So I really I really enjoy the setting. I really think it's cool. I really think it's cool what the Obsidian team did with it. Uh, I really think it's sad that, like, Deadfire didn't do well enough. And so they were like, I don't know, let's make a Skyrim clone. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm sure Avowed will be fun. The, the, like, game that's set in the Pillars universe that's first person. Um, but it's not what I want out of the setting so yep that's that cool uh okay so pathless uh keenan why do you why did you do this why did you do this to us
2: so i initially heard about this game like right when it came out because of uh a, a podcast i listened to um they they talked about it in sort of broad strokes and what they said about it was interesting that it's this uh traversal game but there's no map and that there's sort of this thing going on where you're trying to sort of fix a fix a dark evil on the world you know like sort of really wrote stuff we're used to in video games but that because of like its presentation and those things that it was really interesting even just sort of floating around in the game. And I was like, that sounds cool. So I went and like looked up some footage of it, and like, holy shit, this is a beautiful game, and it's definitely got its own style going on. And I was like, cool, I want to check this out. And I think I threw it on the list then, uh, like knowing that it was coming out soon or something along those lines, and then like completely forgot about it until it came up on on our podcast rotation. And I was like, oh, right, I did want to play this. Um, but The Pathless is a game where you are a hunter, um, and you are tasked by, I guess, a deity, to um, to fix the major fuck ups that are going on in the world you're in, via cleansing the gods' children, which are these massive beasts roaming the land, uh, of the Godslayer's influence, because this guy's really mad about stuff and wants to like redo the world cuz he's a butthole. Um so that's the story and then like shortly after that you get a hawk and the hawk provides some traversal benefits like you can glide because of the hawk. The hawk will hold yeah, you. There was and definitely you will
0: glide. in that first part of the game I was like there aren't enough options or buttons yeah um, like the verbs when I, got there. The, when I got the hawk i was like oh okay you were you were keeping half my buttons for me for story reasons right, right right and and that it's relatively quick with the
2: way they sort of point you in that direction and keep you in a small space is fine mm-hmm. but but yeah um
0: yeah i, I think that's a good synopsis summary ish sure um, um it's it's interesting to me that uh, we decided to play this game and after we were already through it, someone was like, oh yeah, I think Ben played this. He probably wants to talk about it. Um, like it wasn't like we were like, oh, Ben, we're doing this game. He was like, oh, I already played that. Um, if I
3: recall correctly, Owen told me that we were uh, you guys were playing the Pathless. I said, shut the fuck up. I'm playing that one too. <laughs> let, let me jump on the podcast. So, a, a complete
0: coincidence, but a yeah. good one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is well. which is I think sort of appropriate for the themes in this game, yeah. Um, you know where we we arrived at the same destination from multiple angles. Not to get too hokey with it. Um, so yeah, what you guys, uh, what you what you guys think about this game? What really worked for you? What really didn't? What was cool? What sucked? I
1: so something I I liked about this game is like the narrative of this game is so, I don't want to call it thin, because that feels very derisive, but it's so slight and gentle that, like, like there's, like, there's, like, all these, like, little nodes you can find here and there where you can, like, see, like, the memory of someone who died during this, like, big cataclysm that happened to your land. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're all, like, kind of interesting mood pieces, but, like, none of them matter. Like, none of them are, like, super important. Like, I never felt like I needed to go hunt one down. Right. Or, or like, if I see one out of the corner of my eye, if I'm going over there, I might go check it out. But if I'm like just like doing something else, it's like whatever, man. You no, know, no, it's just, like,
0: just like right. You're probably just like
1: some other dude who got jacked by by the evil god, and you're sad about it, right? And
2: the amount of like how necessary it is to the goals the game gives you are 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 none, right? Like the these little they're not even audio logs, right? They're little text windows when you walk over to, like, the glowing thing above the dead body or the yeah. the tablets that are telling the story in the environment. But, like, when you buy into it, you may find some cool information that helps fill in some of the gaps, if you care. But again, like you said, like, it's not at all necessary. But I did, like, I did end up getting, like, the story of how the God Slayer became the God Slayer from them. And that was actually, like legitimately interesting and totally not necessary for why i'm saying fuck that guy um, but to understand like sort of how we got to the situation we were in i found really satisfying even though i could have not run into
0: it at all and been fine um, did, you, yeah. did you guys notice that this game has uh, a lot of similarities with senuous sacrifice with Hellblade. Yeah, yeah. It was just a solo, fe- like solo female goes to the land of the gods to to like fix a thing, right? In Sinuous Sacrifice well, case, it was like one specific thing. <laughs> In this case, it's like everything, you know.
1: That's funny. I found myself comparing this game a lot to a different game. Um, on my playthrough, I found myself. Um, this is a game that is not trying to be this other game, but I think it clearly takes a lot of visual inspiration, not just visual, but like structural in- inspirations from it, which is uh, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it shares a lot of themes and even just like visual language. Mm-hmm. Like Breath of the Wild is about the four great divine beasts that were supposed to protect the world from the great evil god, like this game is also that it's about
2: them getting that, corrupted by the evil god and you needing to deal with it right? yeah like, yeah exactly and yeah. that's what
1: that's what happens to the divine beast the divine beasts in, in breath of the wild are, are are turned against their true purpose um granted ganon isn't quite a deity in zelda but like whatever just roll with it um they have a similar um visual signifier which is like swirling red crud mm-hmm. with like creepy lovecraftian eyeballs all over the place in an otherwise like, like,
2: incredibly colorful world
1: yeah like serene sprawling nature with like just incidental animals that aren't even like a part of the gameplay there's just like deer and boar running around o- and occasionally stuff.
0: you can run into deer or boar that you have to like cleanse of the taint and you get a few of uh those little uh coins that you get but yeah they're pretty Oh, the yellow bits pretty incidental. i only
1: found one of those animals oh. and i i kept waiting I, for them to show up because it was
0: one.
1: yeah it was like really clear like what the shtick was but it was just like all right where's the rest of my like coin bores well, yeah, like I, come on i think uh i
0: think a big difference <laughs> is from our conversations on discord i don't know about owen or ben but uh, I know Keenan didn't use Spirit Vision as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely I
2: did after we talked about I, it. But... I kind of
0: lived in Spirit Vision, and those guys show up as little teeny red blips oh, if you're paying okay. attention. And so I ran into them all the time. Um, so... But, like, I I only ever received one extra lift level from, like, going and hunting down the crystals in the levels. Yeah. So, like, whatever.
1: Well, and the other thing is, like... So, like... Seeking out that currency to get, like, extra flaps on your bird. Um, The game can't be structured where you actually need it to finish the Mm -hmm. game for, like, all these, like, little incidental ways for you to get it, which kind of took a lot of the urgency for me out of, like, going and doing side activities to go get more, more flaps, right? Like, they're always going to give me at least how many I need to finish like, what For I'm the doing critical right path now.
0: yeah I found it the the flaps were very useful in outrunning the red blob in the mm. exploration okay. settings, uh, uh, settings because they allow you to take paths that you normally would not be able to. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben, you were going to say something, but both Owen and I were in a thread. What was it where you were going to say? Oh, you all,
3: all that I was going to say, and I don't know if either or any of you played Twilight Princess specifically, but um, that was that It was, like, the first Wii Zelda game that came out right around the end of the GameCube lifestyle, and that (laughs) one had, like, a darkness mode, too. Um, And obviously this game's taking a lot from Breath of the Wild, but I really thought there was a lot in comparison between those two games, too. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the the other things I wanted to to liken it to with regards to Breath of the Wild is, like, a lot of the um, sort of incidental, like, side activities, like the little challenges, like... Reminded me a lot of the way, um, like, Korok seed puzzles are structured in Zelda, where, like, they're really not, like, real brain scratchers, you know, like, or head scratchers or, or brain teasers. They're more just, like, something that's, as soon as you figure out that you have found a puzzle, it is Im- kind, of, um, kind of immediately obvious what you need to do. It's just, like, a very light execution challenge. Yeah,
2: I think it's, like, a game language check, right? Yeah. Like, of like, and do they're, you they're, know what we're saying here.
1: And there's a part of me that I almost feel like a little embarrassed. you repeatedly compared it to Breath of the Wild because, like, I'm the person who's only ever finished one Zelda game. <laughs> like, like, have you seen that meme where it's like, it's the man who has only seen the movie Boss Baby and he's watching his <laughs> second movie and he's like, "I'm getting a lot of Boss Baby vibes here," <laughs> you, you know?
0: Um, so the, it's the, funny... other, the other thing I was going to say about to your point, Owen, was that um, the puzzles to me also represented that. The break from the normal loop of like searching around Mm -hmm. for the the emblems right it's it's a sort of in the same way that like um the world of warcraft did the thing where you're still playing world of warcraft but you're playing it different by doing the crafting anyway kanan you were saying uh i
2: think i think i don't have any issue with any of the breath of the wild sort of equations we've done but i also have a big the the deeper memory for me that this game sort of plays with is Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Um, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh, totally. Like
1: like Yeah, it's got that same melancholy vibe. There's that everything.
2: same sort of uh low level vibe to it that that like there is an urgency, but also we're going to not like tune the game towards it. If that makes sense. Like like Yes, you can hold your sword up and shine it in that direction and find the next monster you're supposed to deal with or you could just sort of vibe with this rabbit over here for a second and that's totally cool too and we're not going to like well, do anything in the game it, to make
0: that an issue. There's narrative urgency, but not mechanical urgency.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and that but,
0: but there is sort of mechanical urgency in that the red blob is following you around. Um but very if you want to yeah. you could just go somewhere else. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I consistently found myself really enjoying the movement in this game. Um, like, once you find that rhythm, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly fun, and it's not even, like, frustrating to drop the rhythm the way some games...
0: Yeah, um, where it feels like shit when you stop flowing.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, in a Spider-Man game, if you fuck up and bounce off a building and splat into the ground, like, you feel stupid. In this game, if I accidentally end up in a weird open space with not very many of those little speed icons, okay, I'll just kind of walk a little bit, and oh, there it is. Wait, and you kidding. know what
0: really clicked for for me is that um, I I had a hard time with the second and third boss because they, mm-hmm. they sort of iterate on the theme. Um, the, the fireballs that go up into the air and come down were a really huge problem for me, and the, the zigging and the zagging that you have to do on the third boss was a really huge problem Uh, but the thing that really made it click uh, as far as the bosses and also the traversal at the point I was at was that there are certain emblems or I guess they're called talismans that you you need to hold down the trigger and let go and there's right. certain where they're just red to begin with, and all you have to do is tap it and it'll do it yeah. immediately and the on the bosses that's pretty much all of them, and then it's the ones that make you jump straight up in the air. all you need to do is tap it and once I got that, it was like the whole game became much smoother right that they visually key that mm-hmm. control necessity because well, I, I kept things asking myself really nice. in the uh Uh, the third fight like how are you expecting me to to, like shoot off these arrows this fast and i realized the answer was it's not you're just supposed to like hip shot it you know right Uh, yeah and that that works because you're close enough and etc like so uh, oddly enough the boss fights in this game really reminded me of and this is going to sound really weird uh (laughs) wario world 2 Hmm. Um, uh, because in that game you're completely invincible you're completely invulnerable your character cannot die but in boss fights, if you get hit enough, you are thrown out of the boss arena and have to start uh-huh. over. Okay. Right. In this one, you don't have to start over, but it was like it's still a similar dynamic, right? Where you... I
1: don't know. on the third boss fight, you basically have to start over when you fuck up. Uh, yeah, at that yeah. one
0: part, yeah. Man, yeah, I, I do...
1: definitely that third boss like just gave me like a fucking migraine. Like it just drove me up a goddamn. It wall. certainly
0: was counter to the sort of like. Um, not path of least resistance, but like flow of the rest of the game, right? Like you're always mm-hmm. sort of making forward momentum no matter what you're doing. Uh, and But that part requires you to succeed three times in a row, which is something that like basically no other part of the game requires you to do. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's I, not three times in a row, but it it, it requires you to I, it, a number of times in succession. Yeah.
1: I believe the Hydra has five heads. Oh my
0: god, that fucking boss...
1: yeah not a fan personally i i I think most of this game is just fine like i'm not trying to like totally drag this game for the hydra boss or something but like i no, the hydra boss is like definitely the most
0: frustrating of them um i would say my favorite part of this game my favorite like sequence was the part where the eagle is screaming at you from the tower and Mm -hmm. you're having to like hide in the shadows um
3: yeah yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that part was absolutely rad Excellent set piece, great mood, fucking amazing. The the entire
1: end game sequence, I think, is really, really well done, tastefully and excellently done. It 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 gives like it's not very much harder or even harder at all than most of the other like boss fights in the game. I would say it's easier. Like everything, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But it has, like, a great urgency yeah. and weight and gravity to, like, everything that's going on. And it leverages all your previous experiences
2: and what they've done from there.
0: Yeah. And, like, well, and it's I, and I, I I wanted to say my favorite boss fight was the um, the fourth one, the youngest son, the bear. Um, the, like,
2: bear scorpion thing? Yeah, the
0: bear scorpion guy. He, he yeah, made yeah. me feel smart.
2: Yep. When I fought him. Yeah. So, anyway, you were <laughs> really saying... Really cool design on him, too. I just wanted
3: to finish the thought. You know... And to, I don't know what I was saying. just to plug a couple other PlayStation games too because I know you guys are big Sony advocates. Sorry, that was sarcasm, but I, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm turning down. it off for the I'm rest here. of this. But I, I definitely <laughs> see this. Is what?
0: This is what I'm talking about. I know. I'm
3: sorry, Matt. Snake it, it in the grass. Just, it just comes <laughs> natural. Um, but my brother was watching part of this too, and you know he he's mentioned uh, one of the boss fights in one of the original Spyro the Dragon games, where you know you've got That's the fun. fire falling from the top. Um, not not a whole lot of other similarities in the game, except for, I guess, dashing around like fields and shit like well, that. Well,
0: there's the gliding. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, there's um, a lot you know, of the... pyro in this game. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, and then I, I think God of War, too. I think that, you know, obviously Zelda for a lot of the exploration side, but when I got into, like, these boss arenas, you know, with, like, you know, the fire falling and, you know, just some kind of mythical giant thing you've got to fight kind of reminded me of God of War.
2: Yeah, it has that sort of you've done the work to make this thing happen. Let's do this sort of vibe that the God of War games have. Yeah. Like that's a, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And then even some of the like gimmicks that they pull with like the, I think it's the, it's not the Hydra. It's like the giraffe looking motherfucker. Um, <laughs> you, you have to like hide in that ruin that's up against the wall through that fight. Right. Like that has God of War like fight the Cyclops vibes for me. Like, oh yeah, uh, you know like oh here there's this there's this environmental piece of this boss fight, and then you go back out there and kick its ass, right? Like
3: yeah, like the boss somehow stops looking for you for ten minutes while you go dick around with this side puzzle, and then
0: you're back into the <laughs> yeah. fight again.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's um, definitely like a God of War thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The dragon totally ignored you while you were in this cave. Weird.
0: Yeah, he
3: didn't come try to eat you or anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but in this one he's yeah. just like trying to breathe fire on you the whole time, you know? Yeah. Um I
2: really liked this game deploys its music. Like I we've we've talked on previous shows that I'm like kind of finally getting into music at 32. Um but this game deploys its music in a really interesting way where it's got this really light atmospheric stuff most of the time. And then, like, in those dramatic moments, the music really, like, comes in from behind everything. Uh, and I so, thought that was a really interesting have, way to deal with it.
1: I may have only seen one movie before, but I'm going to say was it, uh, that uh, that Boss Baby? is another thing that reminded me a lot of Boss Baby. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: I really the, like I, I'm Baldwin's serious, though. Portrayal. Like, Breath of the
1: Wild has really sparse music. Like, yeah. no one sits down to just, like, jam out to the entire Breath of the Wild soundtrack from front to back. Because yeah. a lot of it is, like, barely music. Yeah. I, I don't mean that disparagingly, but it's, like, really light. And it's only when, like... Certain things sort of dynamically flow in, like when you fight like a very large certain type of enemy or encounter a certain environment. I love
2: the jittery piano when you fight uh, the robots in that game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the guardians. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um. Uh, but my favorite, my favorite in Breath of the Wild was always the um, when you fight the the big giants. It has this like big brass kind of sound to it, where it sounds like some nineties anime. Nice. Like, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, like I the only frustration I had was that I felt like it wasn't even bad with the lack of map. Like that game does this really weird thing in the beginning where it's like, here's the map of the area, get the fuck out there, right? Like like it shows you the map on the table and then you never see it again. Um and I thought that was a really interesting choice because it means that between that and the traversal in the game you're forced to flow around you you like like it it creates this really intentional um you can't really and play the, well, the, the open world point to point game that a Ubisoft game becomes
0: Well and the with red it. bubble forces you to change your uh, yep. your trajectory. Yeah,
2: um,
1: yeah. Well, Go ahead. And another thing is like in a in a different game it would really be a big hindrance that there's no map but um and this is going to sound like a little bit of backhanded praise, but I mean it quite earnestly. Nothing in the game is so critical path and so important that you need to go find your way back to exactly what you were doing. If you were like doing like some sort of fucking block puzzle or something and the big red blob shows up and chases you off, um, like who who cares when I come out of the red blob if there's a different puzzle near me if I'm somewhere else on the map, like right. I'll just go do that one instead. On many of the zones there's more emblems than you need yeah. to cleanse the tower. So it's just like every because everything is so like light and disposable, which sounds bad, but like honestly I think it's a, a really brilliant. I think part it's of this agreed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just saying because I, saying it, I feel bad saying it. Yeah, but it's it's, it, it's the truth, and it's what's good about this game is like, nothing is so important and critical that you need to re- really be pulling your hair out trying to figure out where you are on a map. Well, I
0: would I would even go beyond Keenan's statement. I think you would be foolish to not read that as intentional and to the yeah. theme that yeah. the game is trying to go for. Um, right? Like the whole the whole point is that there's no single path to get to where you're going.
2: Yeah, 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 and, and like, uh, not to, like, use these numbers as sort of a crutch on our point, but the main story, I think I took about six hours, just, like, how long the beat says, mm-hmm. and then the completionist runs are double that or more, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's enough for the, like, weird secondary zone objectives that, like, I could see if I really wanted to dive back in that it would take me just as long to sort of fill out those... It gives you, like, a spire after you clear a boss... That has the same visual language as all the towers do for getting the symbols. And mm-hmm. so what it does is it's basically like, hey, there's this many of these things in this area. And if you do it, we'll give you like a light reward. And I don't know what any of those rewards are because I didn't ever feel yeah. compelled <laughs> to hang out versus the pressure of the, the storyline, right? Um, the, the game does a good enough job well, I, of like soft loading think... that pressure while also making it important to you.
3: I finished the uh, the first world, and I, you had to chase some deer at the end of it, and it took just as long as like trying to chase a boss, and I almost gave up on it, but I'd gone through the hassle of collecting all of the talisman or whatever we're calling them. Um, and I don't think the reward was really like that awesome that I felt like I needed to get any of the other ones, and obviously I okay. had no problem beating the game. So, I mean, it's cool that it's in there, and I think that, um, you know, like, if I'm not mistaken, this came out for Apple arcade originally. So I think their intention was probably like, if you've got an iPad pro, you can play like a breath of the wild S game on a tablet with no okay. controller or whatever. So I think that like, like there were certain things like when you have to dust your bird off, obviously like, you know, that's easier done on a tablet. Cause you can just touch the screen and wipe it all off. Um, lost my train of thought here though. Um, I, I guess... Oh, I, I was just going to say that I think the map just being gone, you know, like uh, on a tablet, you know, like having to switch between a map screen and another one would have just been a little bit trickier. I think, you know, probably some weird short key or some other shortcut. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point.
1: Well, and I, I think this game, if you try and play it a completionist route, granted, I'm going to speak from my own experience, but I think the game is ultimately kind of harmed by spending that much time playing it because I think... This game almost exactly ends right when it's wearing out its welcome. Mm -hmm. Like, I found myself getting quite tired of the verbs in this game about 30 or 40 minutes before I finished it. Like, it was, like, it was, like, right on the line where it's, like, I got to that fourth world. It's, like, oh, yeah, my bird was on fire again. I guess, like, all right, here's your rubs. Like, come on, let's go. (laughs) Let's go. You know? Like, oh, wow, I'm chasing the boss again. Bird, let's go. Like, (laughs) didn't didn't see that coming. I had to chase the boss and shoot it in the hips a bunch. Just like the other bosses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and then that end stuff is a different game, right? Yeah. Yep. But, like, your, your, your mileage may so vary on that type of stuff that, like, the fact that, like, I ran into it, like, right at the end when I was, like, getting tired of it. Like, I bet a lot of people are going to, even if they don't find, get tired of it exactly at the same point I do, like, maybe sometimes similar.
3: Well, I, yeah, I mean, I would say with maxing out the first world, like, if I hadn't have done that and I just kept going on with the story. I mean, it, it's kind of nice to go back to some of the easier areas in the first world because then you can take those talisman to the second world and, you know, you can kind of plow through the game a little bit quicker that way. Um, but I would say that going through and trying to, you know, complete the whole game as you're doing the story, you're just going to get burnt out too quickly was my takeaway. Um so yeah. I'm glad that I just did the one world because I don't know if I would have had the steam to finish it as uh you know, quickly yeah. as I did and I probably would have forgotten half the the minimal story that there is along the way too.
0: I think it I think it was really beneficial for me to because uh, what i did was i did all of the exploration gameplay at work when the kids were in school and i didn't really have to do much um and then i would do the bosses when i would get home so there was a lot of like time between these things and it was like kind of mm-hmm. one a day you know mm-hmm. uh, until i finished did like i got to the weekend and did the like final three bosses in a row you know and that was I- cool
3: I did the same.
2: Yeah, I I definitely picked up the same momentum of like the back half of the game dragged me a lot faster. Um, I think I mentioned that in our chat. Like, man, that last third really just goes, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, okay. Anyone have anything else to say about this game? I feel like we're kind of set it, you know?
2: This game is cool, cozy art, and I liked it.
3: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, I I did just... I'm not going to spoil Secret of Mana for those that haven't played it, but I will say that there's one uh, connection that I saw between this game and that one, but it's kind of pointless to even bring up if I can't say what it is, so...
0: I mean, isn't that game, like, (laughs) 30 years old at this point?
3: Yeah, okay, so... uh, can I spoil this?
1: Does that matter? Yeah, I don't. Uh, bring it. No. Yeah, yeah we, we have a spoiler warning. We're good. <laughs> you've, all, you've also warned the listeners stop Yeah, why fast forward
3: like thirty seconds because this is a big surprise <laughs> in that game. So, in Secret of Mana, like so many other RPGs of that time, you get your airship, but in that game, you have a bird that flies you around. And if I'm not mistaken, that winds up being the final boss that you have to fight. And in oh. the end of this, you wind up having to fight your bird. So bird I, I wonder. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wonder if that was done intentionally or if they just kind of did it on their own but hadn't seen anything about it that i could find
1: the thing you just said is very funny because like i agree with you and i think you're right but you're like like so many 90s rpgs <laughs> you have an airship <laughs> and it's like the, the man's right you know yeah i can't fight that i can't fight yeah. that at all This just, just a very funny sentence. well i think
3: if i ever made a like retro 90s rpg you would have to fight the airship and it would just be this living thing that would come you know you have to knock <laughs> the wings off there you and go. Shit yeah. like that. yeah I mean, we'll did it.
0: you ever play skies of arcadia no should those, i play this? those airship versus airship battles in skies of arcadia were some of the most electric jrpg content i've ever played in my life they're awesome. so they're so thrilling
2: that's a ringing endorsement they're so <laughs> thrilling
0: well because no because it's super awesome it's it's you have to like uh script like four or five hmm. moves in advance Okay, right? and w- your super move is ramming them with enormous harpoon on the front of your airship. Yeah. St- so you have to like predict that they'll be in the correct uh like configuration vis-a-vis what you're doing, so that ramming them oh, will do so the like, correct. You feel really smart yeah, when you nail. You it. feel amazing yeah. if you like correctly predict what the AI is going to do. um uh, and you're, and it's always a David versus Goliath fight. Like you're in this tiny little sloop with this enormous like whale horn on the front of it, and and you're going up against like <laughs> the the fucking airship equivalent of like a, an ironclad, right? Like it's amazing. Hell yeah, yeah. awesome. That game that rules. Does sound rad. That, that game fucking rules. Anyway, um, uh, I was fuck i was gonna say the 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 lady that you play as the the pathless i I guess i don't know the hunter whatever the hunter Uh, she's dressed like basically in in like manchurian mongolian like horseman's armor right this is like has touchstones with real life wave that real life people dressed yep. but then yep. all of the like dead npcs that you find are dressed like motherfuckers from harebrained scream schemes necropolis <laughs> and, uh, and so that was like for me being a history nerd that was super weird it's like oh it's like this i mean she has blue skin like whatever fantasy world but she's just like dressed as like this real world thing that existed but then yeah well these dudes are all wearing like square hats and have like one eye an enormous like I don't know. Whoa, this well, is weird. Anyway,
1: well, and also like um, all of the, all the terrain has this like very grounded feeling architecture, like these like Himalayan flags in the mountains. But then we also get these like, like kind of aqueducts or viaducts that are like two hundred feet yeah. tall. It, it like like the t- the towers where you go insert the emblems is like no one on earth has ever built a brick building this tall like well, fuck it's, off. it's also
0: this is the land of the gods so with the architecture i was willing to give it a little bit but with the yeah. with the character's <laughs> design i was like what the fuck
2: uh, i can comfortably say that this is the best 2020 video game to feature troy baker and laura bailey by the way <laughs>
0: hmm.
2: were they the noises yeah yeah, they're they're the hunter and the godslayer, yeah. respectively. Um, yeah, yeah. Big shots fired, naughty dog. Get wrecked.
3: Yeah. Well, I I mean the last time I was on here, I was definitely kind of shitting all over Last of Us too. And I, I, I <laughs> j- just to resume that, I'm going to go ahead and say that I still haven't even got that game out of the case again. And I think I might use it Oof. as a coaster. So. All
0: right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, are we ready to move on?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah yeah okay so it is time to create a new bad standards and then rate this game with them for it
2: oh and we have to insert a new character we, have
0: to, we don't necessarily have to do that um one of the things about the bad standards is that it can morph over time um, so oh no i meant
2: the who 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 survives in this game no what i'm saying this. is we don't Sorry. have to
0: do that we can do a different ah. thing Kenan. Okay. um oh, we just have man, to we feel just, so free. We just have you. to come up with it um yeah i i think what we should do with that one is instead of be, being a character we should uh like do do like a cross genre thing or like make the game a different kind of game or or make it from a different studio or something like that something a bit more broad um okay you know that that's my thought on that but we can take our time with this one uh through the magic of editing um so if uh, I'm reading this correctly, there we need to have five games, so everybody gets a game, uh, and then we have to agree on one. <laughs> so uh, does anyone have any ideas Have we thought about this
1: um,
2: yeah are are we I, I, I want to ask, are we in agreement that we shouldn't recycle old pad standards
1: games? Absolutely
0: okay. Well at least that's my thought. If you guys have thoughts on that, I'm, I'm...
1: No, I'm 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 in okay. agreement with you there. I said we keep it I don't fresh. Want to... Yeah, yeah exactly. we we should eat fresh. Um
3: We we be in you want... <laughs> I
1: want I wanna put star sector Ooh. in there. Um because star sector represents like a very certain type of um it, I'm not even trying to necessarily speak to its genre, but to, like, sort of the framework and model and space in which that game lives, where it's, like, it's, like, a hobbyist-level game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where, like, you have to know where to get Star Sector. You don't just find it on Steam. It's also, like, up its own ass and expects you to learn to speak its language. Yeah. Rather than it trying to speak a common language of video games that you were already fluent in. Oh, it has like a level of crunch to it. There, it's almost assumed to be not balanced and fundamentally broken, like balance wise well, in some ways. Be, yeah. And it's up, to, yeah, and it's up to you now to like, that, first of all, navigate that, but also just be okay with that.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, your your strategy that you came up with, it might suck. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> Star Sector lives in company with games like Dwarf Fortress. You <laughs> know, uh, where. Like I, 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 it, it, like the amount of buy-in it takes, and the fact that like Star Sector looks kind of ugly. It has a kind of crunchiness to the graphics that it's just like this is a game that only a mother could well, love. It, it lives kind of in the thing. same space
0: as games like uh, Caves of Cud or uh, Dwarf yep. Fortress, or even to a limited extent uh, the Paradox games, especially older Paradox games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I, I, part of it is, like, I, I think um, Dwarf Fortress and Star Sector both are games that have roots in, like, very old-school roguelike mm-hmm. games. Um, but I, I can, th- there are other games that aren't roguelikes that I think live in this sort of space. Um,
0: to take a, a small uh, divergence here, uh, Owen, did you see the Hard Drive uh, ep- uh, article where it was a uh, hardline roguelike uh, enthusiast waiting for a single other roguelike to come out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I thought that was funny because you're always going on about the uh the frankfurt school or whatever it is uh the, the berlin, berlin interpretation. interpretation that's what it was frankfurt schools the yeah anyway um i so you took me out at the knees nice. i was gonna do star sector <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so i i'm gonna i'm gonna need somebody else to pick it undefeated pick
3: up I, I guess i can toss one in so um I I was worried Owen was going to say Outer Wilds, but I think I'm going to toss that in. Do um, we not? Have we not? We have not. Yeah, I don't okay. think we have. Fucking tight. All right, good. <laughs> I ha- I have listened to a fair share of these, so I, I wanted to make sure yeah. I didn't missed one. Yeah, no, it's a- no, that's a that's a great pick. <laughs> because I was thinking, you know, you find these corpses, they often tell you something that happened it doesn't really help you advance your story or, like, the gameplay or anything. Like, well, it helps to advance the story doesn't really help you with the gameplay like it does in Outer Wilds. Right. But then you also...
1: Examining the corpses does not give you an extra flap on your eagle. <laughs> yeah, right, unfortunately.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And then, like, you know, when you go into the dark world, that, that to me kind of reminded me of, like, when you put the... Um, why am I forgetting what they're called? Like, the projection stones, and you can see, like, a different time for the same area. Mm-hmm. and You know, that mm-hmm. I thought that those two were kind of similar, so... Okay. Are
2: you
0: still working, Matt? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, actually, I got it. If you don't.
2: I'm still working, okay. so if you got one, go ahead. Uh, void it. Bastards. Okay.
1: okay. Okay.
0: I think that I, I don't really feel like I super need to, like, justify that one, but uh, by way of explanation, Void Bastards is very idiosyncratic, but borrows from a lot of things um and and it's sort of like this weird mishmash of like game elements um and i think you know the reason i chose star sector is because it meant different things and had very different experiences for all three of us and these are meant to be touchstones to foster conversation i think void bastards accomplishes the same thing from a different angle okay
2: um so what do we have so far?
0: We have Star Sector, oh. Outer Wilds, Void Bastards, heavy hitters. Honestly. Okay.
2: Interesting. Sorry, I just wanted the landscape because I'm like kind of staring at games. I want to want to add to instead of take away from the list. Um,
0: well, you're our triple A guy, so. You could get something spendy and yeah. flashy.
2: I kind of have one in my pocket that's kind of a weird pick, but I don't know that I want to pull that trigger right now. Um, yeah, fuck it. Uh, I'm gonna be really weird here and just say Final Fantasy as a series.
0: <laughs> I did XCOM as a series, Whoa. so that works. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, there's, I think there's, there's a lot of different vibes we can play with with that. I think
1: Final Fantasy is not just a series; it's like a fucking institution. It, it, but, but I think that's part of what will make yeah interesting no 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 I'm, I'm with it yeah um no I'm, i i totally support it it's just like like you, it's a whole different like notion of of what we're putting on the bad standards now yeah like i'm, I'm, I'm I, scrolling I
2: through it. my steam library and i'm just like there's all these games with that name on it and they're all so many different things that that's like actually really interesting
1: final fantasy is a battle royale now
0: is it what
1: There is a Final Fantasy VII remake branded battle royale coming out. It was just Uh, announced. Sounds
2: tight. uh, (laughs) That sounds dumb and tight. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) No, no, you shut up. Oh, 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 I think it's also mobile. This is,
2: this is, yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let me let me just run it back for listeners. Uh, Also for uh, Star Sector, Outer Wilds, Void Bastards, Final Fantasy. I'm going to make a proposal. Hitman.
2: Okay. I'm in with that one. I like that in that club.
0: Yeah. I think it fits with the other things that are going on there. It covers a lot of bases that the other ones aren't. All right. That's a good set. Okay. Um, Now for the... The the, uh, the big, goofy, uh, pastiche thing that we do. Um, did anyone like any of the weird suggestions I threw out a moment ago? Or do we want to just go with another character? Ben, I, I'm anxious to hear from you. So you want me to pick a character that we would put into this video game? No, not necessarily. I want. So what we had been doing is picking a character and sort of ham-fisting in them into this video game. But I think that bit has worn thin. Um, so I would love to, we could always, we could do the reverse and pick a
1: single game and insert the protagonist from future games into (laughs) that one.
3: Yeah. That's kind of fun. Okay. (laughs) Ben. Yeah. So, okay. So in that case, it'd be like, how well does the Hunter do in Grand Theft Auto Vice City with her? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. And,
0: And I think it's, um, this is this is a, a proposal from you that requires a lot of weight but I think if we can gather enough uh, support from the the members of the the podcast sort of uh, we could probably veto you but like you know go for it
1: I think uh, I, I just want to put something out real quick I think we should make sure we pick a game that has a at least somewhat diverse set of verbs because in the past this aspect of the podcast has often boiled down to is this a game predicated on violence or not and is the protagonist that we are inserting a violence protagonist capable not. of violence <laughs> yeah. or capable of something okay. else and that's that, like like way back to the beginning of this with sam fisher like sam fisher is nothing but a gun with fingers okay. and legs right <laughs> well, what about Fred's something X like um,
0: like dwarf fortress or um Ooh. or or a paradox game to go back to the beginning of this conversation, like something very grandiose, you know? Yeah. With lots of options. And uh, or what about just Minecraft?
3: <laughs> yeah, or like Terraria yeah. or. Ben? I mean, just going back to Hotline Miami, too, you know, I, I certainly would love to see the Hunter in that game. So,
1: um. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that is also a game where the verbs in the game are exclusively know, acts of violence. Um,
3: overcooked, perhaps? You know, she could use Ooh. the bow and arrow to shoot the food around. Okay, yeah, sure. I like
0: that a lot. All right. Um, okay, well, hey, Ben, how does the hunter do <laughs> in Overcooked?
3: Well, I think the hunter does pretty o- awesome because she doesn't really have to aim. So Oh know, you, yeah, like, <laughs> what, one of the primary frustrations in that game is when you throw, it's so easy to throw in the wrong direction. So I think the hunter slays at that, for lack of a better word.
1: Oh, also, like, the sound of those arrows is really good. And I can just see, like, a bowl of soup going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. You know? ten coins. Yeah, like she, yeah, I think she would shoot an arrow through both buns, the burger, and, like, it would all just cook itself. And it really kind of mm-hmm. cut down on some of the labor in that game.
1: She's got all the experience with the little ring puzzles where you have to shoot the arrow through four rings. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And she an arrow arrow just lands on the stove with lettuce, a burger patty, and a bun. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. gentlemen,
0: we've we've made our bed. Uh, it's time to sleep in it. Yeah. Uh, how many star sectors out of five does uh, the pathless get?
1: <laughs> well,
0: in in true
1: form to myself, I'm going to go ahead
0: and say a big zero. Yeah. There's really uh, there's not more than one way to sort of approach this game uh there's yeah. more than one puzzle you could go do, but there's not really yeah. yeah uh like like if you drew out the route you took
1: on a piece of paper, like yeah, everyone's path is gonna be fucking yeah. different, but like it's all basically the same thing, right It's just hopping and shooting arrows do and... I,
0: do I hear any uh contention with this uh, assertion No, all right, outer wilds out of five ooh, uh, ooh boy five
1: yeah i i I would actually get behind that i'm fine with a Um, five the i think so much of the philosophies of both like
2: actually mesh
0: well so i was going to give it a four but then i remembered that the pathless has no tutorial Yeah, you have to learn each game mechanic yourself which is the thing that i consider completely core to the outer wilds experience is that you don't, like, gain levels by, like, XPing up. You figure out how the world is meshed together and when. Um, so I'm going yeah. with a five. Um, this game does give you a little bit of light tutorialization for your spirit vision.
1: There's just, like, walls you can walk yeah. through when you're using your spirit vision.
0: But it's really mm-hmm. more, like, I feel like it's not really tutorialization as so much as it is the game adequately teaching you how to play it by playing the game. Right? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. that's, that's too, I don't, maybe that's too fine a, a distinction, but uh, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. It it never pops up on screen and says, to use your spirit version, press, you know, like, it doesn't really...
3: I'd say it gives you as much uh, training as, like, flying the um, the remote control uh, aircraft, or spacecraft or the zero-gravity room, really. Yeah. I
0: mean...
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, if anything, Outer Wilds has more <laughs> tutorialization, that basically the entire starting plan yeah, is the, tutorial but level. Yeah, but
0: the Outer Wilds, like, the the core of the gameplay is not like knowing how to fly the ship it's knowing that there's this hole here on the planet that you can go into and it'll get you down to the temple faster which will let you x right you know yeah um anyway uh void void bastards uh i mean, it's got like branching ways to go i, I guess i don't know uh
1: yeah, I think this is
0: like a low. Yeah, figure I'm, I'm here. gonna go with the. I'm gonna. I'm pitching a two, but I'm imagining you guys are gonna talk it down to a one.
1: I think I'm just gonna okay. say a one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a. I, mean, I really just can't find much connective tissue between the mm-hmm. two games. But there's
2: like a weird artistic.
1: They are both artistic. That's so true. There's
2: like a weird artistic. Like they use similar <laughs> like bright color palettes that like. there's a weird visual feel that that I'm fine with a one.
1: You really think either of these games use bright color palettes? Because when I think of Void Bastards, I think of blue and gray. And when I think of this game, I think of blue and gray. With lots of orange, yeah. Um,
3: Okay,
0: Final Fantasy.
3: I'll jump in here. Um, I'm going to give it a two Final Fantasy as a series.
0: I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, when we do final fantasy or when we do these like broad ones um Mm -hmm. uh you gotta you gotta bring it back to like which one you're thinking about
3: i'm gonna say that i'm thinking of six okay and properly um because of the i'm just picturing you know just the world map but that one seems the most uh color wise and just layout wise for some reason i'm drawing the, the similarities between those two um and I think that, like we were talking about, I mean, getting additional feathers doesn't really make you invincible. If anything, it helps your travel time. Um, so it's not like you could go beat a boss earlier because you have extra feathers, which is a difference between
1: Final well, Fe- And also, the bosses in this game work on... a slightly separate set of mechanics than your normal like movement introversal so like you don't even get to take advantage of having extra flaps in the boss fights and stuff like that
0: true, true i don't know it was really nice having extra flaps in the fight In i forget which one it was but there was one fight where being on the ground fucking was the worst thing in the world i think it was the last one so having extra yeah. flaps for me was like really nice for that again ben what number did you say i said two two, two. okay
3: and then I was also thinking about my uh, comparison with Secret of Mana, which I realize is not a Final Fantasy game, but just... But it is, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is um, just a little more like a Zelda one. Awesome game, for the
0: record. Okay. Uh, anybody else have anything to say about that? Well, I'm cool with Tim. Well,
1: I got... I'm, as the boss baby scholar here, I've only ever finished one game with the name Final Fantasy on it, which is Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Mm, nice. And I find this game to be, um, while that game and Grindstone have so much in common, I find this has nothing in common with Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. So I feel like, to be true to myself, I have to give this like a zero or something. But (laughs) that that doesn't feel right, though. So I'll I'll go with a one.
0: Hmm. So Ben said two. Owen said one. I'm fine with two. Keenan said two. Hmm. This feels, like, because with Final Fantasy, when I think Final Fantasy, I think Gonzo Fantasy immediately. And by Gonzo Fantasy, I mean, like, you know how Warcraft is, like, a lot, right? (laughs) Like, when you go into Orgrimmar, you're just like, oh, holy shit. What the fuck am I seeing? Why, what, oh my god. Who are you, people? Oh my god. Right, and then there's, like, Tornado people now, and it's just like, ugh you know whereas like in you know lord of the rings it's like there's there's dudes on horses and there's that one dude on horse he's magic i couldn't tell you how but he's magic he died i think i don't know um but it's like that's whereas this is sort of like a little bit beyond even that right um so i think i think a one is where i live um i don't really know how to break this tie i don't really remember what we did before um i think we just move on i don't know yeah um, hit- <laughs> i think we leave it yeah here. we just move on uh hitman <laughs> we
2: slowly back away from the tie <laughs> yeah.
0: uh hitman this is my suggestion um i would say a a, a clean a clean zero because in hitman you need to approach the situation with lots of observation and time and legwork and like gathering of resources and g- whereas this one you just sort of like oh this ain't working i'll go somewhere else Right. Mm -hmm.
1: But also, like, Hitman's a game that has, like, very clean-cut and definitive, like, failure Mm -hmm. states. And, like, at at no point does this game ever really serve you up with a failure state. I never really failed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got kicked out of some boss arenas, but I never failed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, the closest I got was, like, again, like, fighting that Hydra. And it's like, oh, cool. The fight started over because I executed it badly. All
3: right. I would say maybe the, the slinking around, though, you know, like, in that one fight where you're i think was at the hydra where you have to um kind of like run in the back scenes and try not to get killed so for me i'm okay. i might say a one but i i'm not opposed to giving it a zero either
2: so. i'm on i'm on the zero zero two i think we outnumber him
0: yeah all right and with that uh because we outnumber you and you've been outvoted uh ben you're kicked off the podcast yeah <laughs>
1: To be banished, banished to the wastes, uh, never until to next time. Uh, uh, <laughs> until whenever we are also playing the same yeah.
0: game. Um, but speaking of games, what are we playing next, Owen? Uh,
1: we are going to play Jedi
0: Fallen Order. Okay, we're playing Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I think I'm the only person who's supposed to play this game, sorry Ben, uh, who hasn't yet. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, every...
1: Yeah, this is a game I picked up on sale... Uh, a month ago Keenan and I both played through it and I liked it so much I immediately started playing it again um so it
2: it, Owen told me Owen told me one night while we were talking about it dude I put it on the podcast list and I said dude I'm actually really excited to talk about it in that
1: context yeah 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 I, I think that game is really interesting from, like, a ton of
0: different And now we get to compare it to Star Sector, Outer Wilds, Void Bastards, Final Fantasy, yep. and Hitman.
2: <laughs> yep. And insert Cal Lightsaber into a different video game. Yep. yep. Okay. Um,
0: with, with that, it's time to say goodbye, and it's time to say the magic words that end the podcast. You can find okay, us. Um,
2: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, if you want
1: to reach us and contact us, you can find us at badplaystyle.gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at, at badplaystyle. Um, you can find our podcast anywhere where podcasts are hosted, or you can go to our website at shame.club or shame.business. Um, yeah, what else? Keenan? where can they find your
2: streams? Uh, Twitch.tv slash savoryscrimp. That's shrimp with a C instead of an H.
0: And I know Trey's going to call you out at the end of the episode, but Ben, you want to say, you want to plug your pluggables?
3: Oh, yeah. Let me um, actually pull up my SoundCloud right now. Because I actually have to make sure that I've got the right link. Um,
1: If you want to listen to some truly filthy raps.
0: I heard you were were making a rap about our disgraced ex-mayor.
3: I I thought about that, yeah. I was thinking about doing a like a a mayor over Madonna's like a prayer. Okay. Um but that was just kinda okay. like uh that was like a like half awake kind of thing. I was like, oh yeah, you know, this could be alright. Um so I think we'll actually see where that goes. <laughs> when you but... yell my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down on my knees, etc. mm mm-hmm. um, <laughs> If I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's soundcloud.com slash Bay, but I just want to double check that. And we can edit all this out, right?
0: I mean that's what Trey says.
3: Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, outro. so it's just so. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's just the the
0: SoundCloud that Trey will be mentioning in about 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, uh we'll see we'll see y'all next time. Uh goodbye. Bye. Bye.
3: baby you can hear this and more like it at soundcloud.com slash bay that's b-u-c-c-i-b-a-e stay fresh